every day. Lord himself is near me with a special mercy for each hour. All my cares fain would bear and cheer me. He whose name is Counselor and the protection of his common treasure is a charge that on himself he laid. As a days, thy spring shall be in measure. This the pledge he made. jumping around again a little bit today uh, sort of jumping off from where we were Thursday night I'd like for you to all to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 I may have a few questions for discussion and so we'll just jump right in. Chapter four of First Corinthians, verses one and two. This is what it says. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. 
And then Paul goes on and tells us that uh, ultimately it is the Lord himself who judges all things in regard to our lives. But I'm just going to ask you, what does it mean it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful? To be trusting, to lay down, not and to be dead, so that you're relying on him. Okay. Um, what does the word stewardship mean? To take good care of, to treat with care. Well, is that that's the quality of it? Yeah, responsible. Responsible. There yeah. you go. Responsible. Responsible. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, that's what Mike said. Exactly. To look after. All right. Like, what has the Lord given us responsibility for then? Trusting Him. Yeah, that's very general. Um, anything? Anything more you could add to that? Um, give some examples of stewardship. Of what I we do with the things that he's given us. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like, um, well, our home, our finances, but mostly from a spiritual standpoint. Sharing his word, telling people. Yes, his sharing word. his word. Okay. Uh, to, go ahead. to be a, a living example and therefore that you would love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, it will show in all you do. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he's he's given us stewardship, uh, accountability for for, for whatever he has given us, we are to deal with it properly. So uh, does that mean your time? Yes. Does that mean the things you had to say? Yes. Would that, uh, would that mean our vocation? What do you think, Joe? Mm -hmm. um, yes, I think it would apply to every aspect of our life, including how we think, how we feel. Oh, mm -hmm. now you've pretty much touched on everything. Uh, so, Basically, it would say that uh, our time uh, 
and our decisions about uh, all things really pass through the idea of stewardship. Are we giving to the Lord? Mm -hmm. All right. Let's look at a couple more. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, and it's, it's a kind of a long passage. It's about Israel. And uh, the things that God made Israel responsible for, for themselves, uh, I mean, they were uh, tempting Christ, it says in verse 9, First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 9, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Neither murmur ye, so some apparently uh, were people who had negative complaints about serving the Lord. Um, uh, and it says, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. And then he says, there has been no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Uh, but God is faithful, who will suffer not you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape. Now, the Lord is speaking particularly uh, to these people in regard to idolatry. Um, so, um, we are tempted, verse 13 says, um, like everybody else. And what are we tempted to do in general? Our own will. I, that's what I would have said exactly. We're tempted to do our own will. Every day, every moment, we're tempted to think what we want to think. We're tempted to um, be involved in whatever things that we um, have a feeling that it is okay for us to be involved in. Um, now, looking at that, is it is it a matter of law? Is there a law somewhere that says that, uh, you know, like the law says, I shall not 
commit murder. Uh, that's pretty straightforward. But would you say that the stewardship that we have towards all things that the Lord has given us, is it um, is it specific like an element of law or is it something that's got to be guided by a greater principle? And that what the escape is? The one? That's what the escape is. It's, it's Christ and God. Okay. Because if you're in them, you can't be in the other. That's right. So we're walking in the spirit. We can't walk in the flesh. And if we're walking in the flesh, we can't walk in the spirit. Um, would, would the the law of life and death then be that we either walking in the life of Christ or we're walking in the dead of our own flesh? Yes. See, I think that Christians feel that how whether or not we're spiritual uh, may be kind of gray. It's you know, we're kind of in Christ and some of our life or part of our thoughts are the limits to how far we can go for ourselves. Uh, you know, we make decisions about. Um, but regarding the mind of the spirit, is, is the actions that we take uh, in the spirit's viewpoint either according to God's will or not according to God's will. Mm -hmm. See, what you said was for the law of the spirit of life have set me free from the law of sin and death. Uh, or what I said was that when we are walking according to the spirit, everything outside of the spirit's leading is absent. Um, does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, then that means that at any moment in time, we are either serving the Lord according to the spirit, not according to the law. Paul said, all things are lawful for me. And what he was saying is, it's not, it's not that I have written laws about everything. Something much better than that. My very life, which is in you, 
will lead you perfectly. Does, I mean, does he make any mistakes in regard to the way if he's leading? No. All right. Then I think we would agree that that scripture that says that stewardship means that we are either uh, fulfilling the will of God or we are fulfilling our own will. Okay, turning now to the book of Ephesians. This is where I'm probably going to spend the rest of my time. Starting with Ephesians chapter one, and we'll be reading on maybe as far as, as um, at least part of chapter two. This is what Paul says to there. I'm going to start with verse three. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. So, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Does that sound like he's left anything else? No. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. And this goes back before even we existed uh, except in the heart of God the mind of God. Uh, he's chosen us that we should be holy and without blame for him, uh, before him in love. Having predestinated, anybody want to Okay, you shot it down. What's it mean? Having predestinated us. What, what does that mean? Chose us prior. Hmm? He chose us prior to anything. He chose, yeah, but does it say he has chosen how we're going to walk? Yes. Yeah. So if we're not walking according to the way he predestinated us, then we are outside of the will of God. Uh, but I should read this proper. It says he's predestined us to the adoption of sons uh, King James says children, but it's sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. So again, we're getting back 
to uh, that which is God's will for life or that which is not God's will for life. Um, to praise, to the praise of his glory, of grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Uh, and that is not uh, given to us as conditional. In other words, I love you if, if you do the right thing, or I'll love you even when you're wrong, uh, that he has chosen to put his love on us. Um, does anybody think that um, once we are uh, predestined as adopted as sons for the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. In other words, we are acceptable unto God uh, because we're in Christ, uh, not for any other reason. Um, and so the things we do, uh, which may or may not be in the will of God, are not why we're acceptable. We're acceptable because he placed us there. Mm -hmm. um, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Wherein he has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will to his good pleasure which we have, or pardon me, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation, that means in the management of his household of believers, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one. Now who, what is that one, by the way? How is, what is the one that he's gathered us in? Mine yeah. actually doesn't say in one. What's your say? It says in Christ. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that is accurate. He has gathered us in Christ. And it's a good thing uh, because uh, we are not going to be looked upon uh, for our sins, but 
he sees us in Christ. Uh, so he's gathered together in one all things in Christ. And there you go, Mark. Both which are in heaven and and are on earth, even in him, in whom we have and obtain or have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, you know, this is getting a little bit deep because, uh, you know, being predestinated to be saved is one thing, but here he's talking about that God has chosen beforehand according to his own purposes uh, who, who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Um, so, does it sound like uh, when when Paul says, uh, may the God of all peace sanctify you wholly, uh, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, do you think that it's just so many words? Or do you think that indeed God had chosen a people for himself and that he is going to work them to conform them to the image of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. what, if, what if our lives don't, you know, let's say, 60% of our lives match up with that and the rest of our life matches up with what we want. Uh, what, what then? Because that is our experience in that we, I don't think there's any of us believe that we haven't cause God grief, that uh, there haven't been times when the Lord looked at us and said, you're not, you're not at all, according to this passage, uh, what am I going to do about it? What do you think he does about it? He brings us back in line. How did you do that, Patty? Um, through things happening in your life. Things happening. Are there other ways? 
I'm sure. Um, I mean, what if God brings somebody alongside you to talk to you? Exactly. Maybe the person who preaches the word has something to say yes. that's yes. meaningful in regard to that situation. Very much so. Then reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. Knowing the word. Sometimes I think he just lets you yourself know. Yes. Which which causes you yourself to want to know. Absolutely. It, it get, he gives you that. It, it, he gives it to you so that you can search for it in him. Yeah. Conscience. So he works through conscience. He works through that spirit that he has put in you. Yes. Uh, usually a lot better than mm -hmm. any, you know, any other way. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's always been interesting to me that the nation of Israel, when Christ uh, finally returns to earth, suddenly they just believe. Suddenly they just become what he wants him to be. Uh, yeah, I may be wrong, but it appears to me that he does that. When I, I've read it many, many times, uh, that he does an instantaneous work in that whole nation in a moment. Mm -hmm. But looking at your lives and what we see from the scripture, does he do it exactly in that way? Sometimes. Yeah. I'm talking about entire sanctification Oh, no. So he takes a piece of time. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. uh, now, like I say, I may not understand that properly. Uh, if I had to err on one side or another, I would say that he does things a piece of time. Yeah. Um, I think he, he, he can. He gives us he can. the things when we are ready to receive them. Yeah. And that, that would make sense even for Israel in the end, because they too have been predestined. God's already, he's the they author for them too. But the church, the church, because we are, we are different than the work that's being done with Israel. We're different from Israel. And nevertheless, as they live in the earth as Israel, they are going to be expected to live as yeah. stewards of the mysteries of God. Yes. 
uh, and so there's some question about how that is done. Uh, Will it be any different for them than it was for Abraham? Bear with me on this a second. I think so. It doesn't say it doesn't say that God did something and Abraham saw it and believed. It said Abraham believed. Yes. And so the same thing with Israel. God had. If I recall, first Abraham believed many in many instances. Mm -hmm. For example, he believed God when he mm -hmm. called him out of her the Chaldees to go to some place he never put any idea where it was. When God tested Abraham in regard to the sacrifice of his son, Isaac. That was another required a giant leap of faith <laughs> on his part. But it, but it wasn't due to evidence. No. That's what I, that's my He believed point. God. Israel will believe, but it won't be because of what they see. And I think that uh, the end of every move that we make that proves the working of God in our life is going to be just like that. It's not going to be because, uh, you know, we saw a miracle or yeah. we saw some great thing happen, but uh, God spoke and we believed. Uh, otherwise, salvation wouldn't be by faith. That's right. Okay. Well, this goes on. Um, I don't know if I live read verse 11 or not so I'll read it again uh, this is Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will well I did read that um, but does that say to us that eventually he is going to show us and bring us, uh, he says, for example, you are more than conquerors through him that loved you, mm -hmm. uh, that he is going to bring us and uh, do a miraculous work in us uh, that was, verse 11, according to the counsel of his own will. Now, that kind of leaves the willful and the rebellious it kind of leads them out, doesn't it? 
what am what do I mean when I say those who are willful? Mm -hmm. Stubborn. <laughs> Stubborn, yeah. Um, who knows that they're sinning and and do it anyway. That's right. Mm -hmm. And they're basically saying to God, I don't care what you say. Mm -hmm. uh, you've given me opportunities to decide about or to make choice about following your will are following my own mm -hmm. um all right now verse 12 tells us after he works all things according to the counsel of his own will that we should be the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. What does God get out of uh, our being finally conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. What does God get from yeah. glory? That's our main job. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's your job. To bring glory to, God. bring glory to God. When it was impossible from man's standpoint. Yes. He was willful. He was an enemy of God. He's sinful. Uh, he get left to his own will. He will never uh, choose the way of God. Um Romans chapter 3 tells us that uh, every word that comes out of his mouth uh, is, is evil. Uh, that there's, just, there's nothing worthy of redemption but God. Yeah does what he does but he does it he calls us now um what part of god's dealing with their life um what part does he play in our just believing him. Does he play a part in that? Or do we just say, oh, well, you're right. We see the logic of, uh, you know, what, what would happen if we would believe in you. And therefore we think that's a good thing. And, and so uh, we'll just believe. Or is there something more than that. Oh, what, what do we call that? That's all right. Election. No, good call election. Um, I mean, we, the Holy Spirit does that. Then we might call it grace. Yes. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, is, does the Lord say to us, uh, no man comes unless the Father draws him? Yes. Mm -hmm. So even all of this work that is done for the glory of God leaves no room whatsoever for the glory of man. Mm -hmm. By grace, for by, by grace you have been saved through faith. And then it says, some people argue about this, but uh, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not a result of words, lest any man should boast. <laughs> So verse 13 says, in whom you trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I, I don't recall having ever, well, I probably did once or twice, but <laughs> did, um, what's it mean we were sealed? Finished. Hmm? Finished. Hmm. Well, we're certainly finished in his mind. Um, can we take a, a step or two farther than that? Guaranteed. Okay, so he did something that we wouldn't fall away. So the idea of turning away from his grace is kind of contrary to what scripture has to tell us about the fact that he seals us. I see it in that verse that I quote so often, uh, where Paul says, I know whom I have believed in and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him. Now, I think a lot of people don't understand verse. They think that they commit to do something. But the fact is that God made a commitment to us. And when we believe, now, I can't tell when a person believes or not. Uh, as even at the very end of of others' lives, you know, like when you've got to do a funeral, uh, everybody expects you to stand up and say good things about this person that was a wonderful Christian. <coughs> and that's why I avoid that. Uh, I usually, during funerals, allow people to come and say all the wonderful thing about uh, the dearly departed loved one and so on 
and for the most part, I'd leave it there and preach the word of God. Because I am not the one who knows for sure about those who are born again. I got a pretty good idea. But it is God who makes that judgment. Now, are we sealed with with packing tape? Uh, or, uh, you know, adhesive tape? Or, or uh, some kind of epoxy? It's, it's sincere. It's without wax. Yeah. <laughs> without wax. Right. What are we sealed See, it tells us here. What are we sealed with? Holy Spirit. Promised. Yeah. Verse 14, chapter 1, Ephesians, which says, which is the earnest, and do I want to tell me what earnest means? Assurance. <laughs> Isn't it like a promise or it is? Okay. When uh, have you ever bought a car for cash? No. Uh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking about a three hundred dollar car. Oh, <laughs> yes, I have done that. Where are those? I've done that. Yeah. Well, when you make the deal, you normally give them some money up front. Yes. Okay, it's called earnest money. That means that you promise uh, according and the, the, you know, the matter of the money, whatever it may be, means that you would forfeit that money if you turn back on your decision. Well, there was an earnest associated with our salvation. And that is the, and it's very much like that, which is the earnest of our inheritance until, until uh, the redemption, which means, means to pay it off or buy it back, unto the praise of his glory. So we have all these wonderful promises about the goodness of God. But we also need to go back and understand what we said up front is that it's accounted unto men, uh, unto stewards, Mm-hmm. To be faithful. Yeah. That's right. So the idea that since I've been sealed by the Holy Spirit does not give me the right to decide um, which part of that salvation I'm going to allow him to take care of and then I'm going to decide the rest of it which I can take care of. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to be doing the taking. Care. No. Yeah. It's all his. Yeah. Verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto the, all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory uh, of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward are to you who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now, there's a word there that I've been using a lot lately, and uh, I haven't used it here. Has the word, of course, is power. Salvation relies or at least uh, within the mix of all the things that God does when he saves us from our sin is a work of power now if that makes sense it's a work of power now, if there's a work of power, there must be a corresponding and opposite work uh, that is contrary to that power. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. And what do you think uh, our biggest problem is? that is working against the power of God. It's us. Me, me, me. <laughs> That's right. That is why I told you men when you shave, if you do, uh, you know, you're looking in the mirror uh, at your greatest enemy. But he has promised a work of power which he wrought in Christ. Mm -hmm. And we call that resurrection power. Mm -hmm. Something that we don't have, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, mm -hmm. far above 
of principality, and there's a word again, and power. So I got to think the principalities and powers and mights and dominion and names that are named are not associated with God, are associated with Satan, are associated with the lusts of this world, are associated with the lust of uh, and, uh, our lives and the pride of life. It's far above all of that. So is there ever a reason when we can say uh, that truly the power, powers that work against the power of God, even added all together in their most intense fashion, are they stronger than the power of God. No, 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 they're not. So when we are willful, uh, even, and that is a power, you have the power of will. Mm -hmm. Is God's power greater than that? Yes. Yes. Uh, However, if will he, does he take away your will or does he through grace simply nullify it until we, we find not the will to resist his call. Hmm. Once, once we believe and trust in, in him as we grow, our will becomes his will. It changes. Absolutely. That's because, you know, when we are true to being disciples, you know, learners, uh, we begin to think his thoughts after him. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he's put verse 22, mm -hmm. all things under his feet. That means his power is, is above all. And he gave him to be the head over all things. And that's a powerful position. Mm -hmm. All things to the church, which is, is his body. Uh, the fullness of him. That. Uh, filth all in all. Okay. So, what have we seen said here? 
a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But we have seen that salvation, for one, is wholly a work of God. We have also seen, I think, and disagree if, uh, if, if, you, want, if you want to, uh, that even uh, all of our stubbornness, our sinfulness, the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, and loving the world, that's all under God's power, is it not? Does he have power mm -hmm. over all those things? Then would it be too far to make the leap that when, when the Lord calls us himself that we are going to need a re-education uh, like, you know, like the communists would do an indoctrination into Christianity uh, after we're dead because we didn't learn the things that we were to learn uh, as, um, as those who were saved by his grace. What do you think? Are we, are we yet, as far as our will and as far as our belief, are we short when it comes time to meet the Lord Jesus Christ? And if we are, then why are we? I mean, there might be something. I don't, I don't think that we will know all till we see Jesus Christ. All right. Now you're talking about what you know. You're not talking about your yeah. perceptions. Yeah. You, you're, you're not talking about, uh, how shall I put it? Uh, misunderstandings. In other words, mm -hmm. the fact that you have not fully understood. Will there be any rebellious people coming to Christ mm -hmm. in the end? No. I think not. There will be those of us, all of us, that are short in the fact that uh, we have failed to confront problems that we have. That's why you and what have I said in many 
in the last month or no last year that that is a reason for something that occurs in heaven during uh, that seven year period there is the marriage of the lamb and there is something else I talked about many just about every week I talked about a time when we're going to get to stand before Christ and he's going to deal what's it what do I call that judgment seat of Christ at the judgment seat of Christ he is going to be aware that you uh, yet uh, have failed to understand certain truths. And does he does he look at them as rebellion or does he look at them as, as, as I don't know about the word, uh, simple oversights mm -hmm. whereby you have unwittingly been deceived or uh, untaught. Our mm -hmm. uh, does he look at them as a rebellion? If you rebelled, then it wouldn't it's different. So, rebellion is you choosing yes. to do yes. that. Scripture says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. That's pretty bad. Let's quickly. And I'm doing this for your good, not for. I think we understand that. <laughs> but I want you to, I want you to know here's the passage. This is First Corinthians chapter three. For no other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. All right. Here's what happens when we become Christians. Now, if any man builds. So if we have come to Christ, we have a foundation. And we begin to build on it. And that's all the stuff that you learn. You know, you say, oh, that's wonderful. And, and I'm so glad about that. And, and that changed my life mm -hmm. and caused me to turn 180 degrees in many areas. 
Uh, that's because that we are building on a foundation. If it wasn't for the foundation, you uh, wouldn't have anything to build on. Now, if any man, verse 12, chapter 3, 1 Corinthians. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, and then he says, wood, hay, and stubble. Now, there seems to be quite a uh, a gap between what's gold, silver, precious stones, and then to talk about three things, wood, hay, and stubble. I mean, they're, they're totally, one of them is precious and one of them is, is really of no value whatsoever. Does everybody see that? Every man's work, now, now we're, we're talking about what you have done and, and works and thoughts. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it. Now, first off, you should understand this is only for believers. For the day shall declare, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, in other words, is it burned up, which he hath built thereon, that means on the foundation, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. That means he won't get a reward, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. What one of the things I've been trying to make us understand is that there is no place for rebellion in the Christian life. If there's rebellion, God's going to have to deal with it before he calls you home. But for all of us, there's going to be works things that we have done that weren't rebellion. We just, we just uh, were overcome or we, we just didn't know uh, or we, uh, we didn't have the proper teaching. Boy, that's, that's a real problem today. Uh, there is the teaching in a church today is so terrible. But anyway, I divert or digress. The works 
that weren't pleasing to God are going to be burned away. And they're going to be ashes. They're going to be gone. God's not going to remember them anymore. We're not going to remember them. We are going to be so glad that we don't have to carry in uh, to heaven and, and forever remember those things that we did that, that uh, we didn't mean to do them or we were overcome or whatever, but, but that, that they're not in front of God. They're not in front of us. They're gone. Things that we did, however, that pleased God, that were done in faith, not works, but mm -hmm. not the fact that I tithed all, you know, all my life in church, and I tithed because the law told me how to tithe, and so I did. I'm not going to be rewarded. In fact, it's going to be burned away mm -hmm. because that was a work. I can't imagine anybody doing it, but I know people do. I I have a question. Yes. So sins that have been dealt with in one's life that you've been forgiven for, that you've confronted, will those things be burned up at the judgment seat of Christ or are those things oh, are those those things? Yeah, that's right. Those things are dealt with and gone as soon as you confess. Okay. That's what and I thought. That's and why I use that verse. We walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with the other. But there may be some sin in there. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Why? Because walking in the light allows us to see them, and we're going to deal with them. And that's what light is for, and that is always in the scripture. The, uh, the idea that God gives me light he gives me light to see the darkness and to deal with it. It's gone, Jill. It's there's nothing left of that. And I I think sometimes Satan would use those things behind us to say that they're still tagging along with us. All we the need time. to recognize them as gone. That's right. All the time. And we get that's one reason we ought to know the word well enough to know. There's so many things that we that trouble us because we don't know the word. And the word tells us when he forgives us from our sin in whatever way, it is as far as the east is from the west. Mm -hmm. and remembered no more not by God not by us but the works are burned away and we walk away 
Now, by the way, if you end up at the judgment seat of reward after uh, you left this world, you can know that you've wound up in a good place mm -hmm. because it's only those whom 